The book of Mark, chapter 16. And let's pray. Let's release our faith today. Lord, thank you today for your people. Thank you, Lord, for your word that's living. Lord, that your word, Lord, you send your word and it's going to fulfill everything that it was sent to. And Lord, we believe your word today. We're thankful for your word. We, we reverence you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that as we put the word of God into practice, we'll never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone that agreed said, Amen. Amen. Mark 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. You know signs should follow our life? Not because you're a preacher, not because that you're an apostle, not because you're an evangelist, but because you're a believer. He says, in my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Notice God confirms the word. Not our personality, not um, our opinions, not tradition, not religion, but he confirms the word. This is what we call the great commission that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But I want you to look here. He that, in verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, we're going to have a baptismal service today. Amen. Does baptism save you? No. No. But we... We're following in the line and the pattern of what Jesus did. Look over in, in Luke chapter 3 and verse 16. Some <clears throat> different groups teach that, that, you know, well, you haven't been water baptized uh, according to our formula. You haven't been water baptized our way, you know, and, and the method that we do it. And, you know, some people even say, well, if you're not baptized like the way we do it, then you're not saved. And so that's not true. Luke 3 and verse 16. John answering, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to loose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so we believe in the baptism in the, in the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues, baptism in fire. I want you to look down to um, verse 20, uh, 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open. You know, if you want heaven open, you need to pray in your life. That's 
Just a little side thought there. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. You know, in that real deep, you know, that Charlton Heston type voice. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed. He goes on and talks about the genealogy. But notice it says that Jesus was baptized and praying the heaven was open. The Holy Spirit came upon him, and then he starts his public ministry. Jesus did no miracles before the baptism. You know, certain writings and different things say, well, you know, Jesus healed his friends and when he was 12 years old and he raised a bird from the dead. But the Bible is truth. He did no miracle until he was 30 years old. <laughs> and so uh, one of the things we see, we see in other places, other accounts of the gospel where Jesus came to John, he, and he said, I must be baptized. He said, you know, me? Somebody, you should be baptizing me. And he said, no, we had to fulfill Scripture. And so Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan. Yeah. And so uh, one of the things that, that we want to do is follow Jesus in his pattern in life. Amen. And so... Simply, my message is entitled, Led Down to the Water. Led Down to the Water. See, Jesus is our example in everything that we do. So we are following the Lord Jesus as we are baptized. So what is the, the New Testament example, of course, is people being born again. And if you, if you can, get them filled with the Holy Spirit immediately while people's, their heart are, are wide open, and then also being baptized in water. Being baptized in water. And so this is not just an isolated incident. So I want to look through the New Testament. Look at the New Testament. And if you say, hey, you know, I, I really want to get baptized, but I can't today, and I never signed up, we'll have another one as well, so... But Acts chapter 8, look at what the Bible says here. See, I want you to understand that this was not just an isolated thing that happened, that this was something that was very important in the lives of the disciples. Acts 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And then it goes on to talk about Simon and how he was, Simon the sorcerer, he gets born again, but then, of course, then he tries to um, give money, and, and Peter says, your money perish with you, your, your heart's not right in the sight of God. Uh, skip down to verse 35. And so what happens is um, the Lord tells Philip, arise and go down toward the south unto the way that down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And um, I'm going to skip back to verse 27. He arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship and was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, 
See, people wonder if God speaks to today. Well, this is a New Testament example. The Spirit said, go near and join yourself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understand what you read? He said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer. So open he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. I mean, that's, that's definitely the, the, the role of an evangelist. But I believe every believer... You take a scripture and you preach Jesus. I mean, you can talk. You can take the book of Revelation. You can preach Jesus. You can take any verse and preach Jesus out of it. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, "See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized?" And Philip said, "If you believe with all your heart, you may." And he answered and said, "I believe that Jesus is Jesus Christ is the Son of God." So what does that mean? He's born again. Yeah. He's, he's received the Lord in his life. Yeah. He commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found as a, at Azotus, and passing through, the, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. I've heard different thing, people say 90. I've heard people saying 26. It, it doesn't matter. 26 miles over 90 miles. That's a long way to be cut, suddenly called away and be in another place. <laughs> but see, we should expect those things today. Amen. You, you need to be, you know, you're preaching somewhere, and then... You need to be in another place. And Lord, I can't get there. And the Lord just translates you over there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, but what happens here is we see Philip at Samaria, but then we see Philip with this one person. So God will lead you to speak to crowds or he'll lead you to speak to one person. And he's with this one person and he says, hey, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I'm born again. Okay. So he says, here, stop, stop the chariot. Let's go down. And so he gets baptized. So obviously it was important to this eunuch. Hallelujah. My pastor was preaching one time in um, Ethiopia. And he, he, said, uh, he said, I know one thing. You're definitely not the direct descendants of the eunuch in the Bible. You'll get that later on. <clears throat> Amen. Having no child, eunuch. Okay. <clears throat> You're not the direct descendants. Anyway, look in the next chapter, Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Now, this is um, when Paul, when Saul becomes Paul. And remember that the Lord speaks to Ananias, who's just a disciple. And so people think, well, I'm not in the ministry, but 
Here he was, just a disciple of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him. So the Lord can speak to anybody if they have an open heart. And he says, go down to the street, call straight, search um, for so-and-so. And so, um, for one, Saul the Tarsus, behold, he prays, and he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And, um, of course, then he argues with the Lord. Lord, I know about this guy. He's, he's bad news for the church. And he tells him that he's a chosen vessel unto me. And then look at this in verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto you, that appeared unto you in the way as you camest, hath sent me, that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, when you read it earlier, he just says that you might be receive your sight, but obviously the Lord spoke to him on the way, and then he says, add this part, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose, and notice this, and was baptized. So almost immediately in the lives of these believers, they were baptized. <clears throat> and so... Then we see him that from there he went and preached and, um, you know, it astounded the people. Look, um, skip down to verse 36. Maybe I wrote the wrong chapter. Ah, I think I wrote the wrong chapter. It's okay. We'll come back to it. <laughs> Look over in uh, Acts chapter um, Acts chapter ten. Acts chapter ten. And then look in verse forty-seven. We see that Peter preaching the word and the Holy Spirit falls on them. How did they know that the Holy Spirit fell on them? Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So, so we see this pattern that people would get born again and then they would say, hey, hey, there's a little pond right there. Does anything hinder us from getting baptized right now? Anything stopping us? And so that was a big deal to them. Amen. And so it's so important that we understand what the biblical pattern. Hallelujah. I lost the reference on that one, but that's okay. I got enough. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So what is baptism? What, what is water baptism? And so baptism is a watery grave. 
Baptism is a stripping away of the old. Why is baptism important? Because the Bible talks about a putting away of, of a, a filthy, a defiled conscience. How many know that things can come in our life that, that um, pollute? You know, even after you're born again, those things can try to stay with you. They can try to... What water baptism does is it, it dunks it under. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. It just... That, that new man, it symbolizes that new man going under and that, that old man going under and the new man being raised up with him in life. And so that's what the, what the water baptism is. It's a putting away of a defiled conscience. And that's why it's important that we understand because, I mean, I got baptized. Many of you may have got baptized when you were a, a child. I mean, I remember going through a confirmation class. I think I was in third grade, fourth grade. And uh, I think I still have that Bible today. It was blue. It was called the Young Readers or something. But anyway, I got that Bible. And it was a confirmation class. We would go like, I don't know, probably six weeks. And the only thing, I may have got confirmed to a church, but I wasn't born again. And so, in my defense, I could have said, well, I belong to the church. I'm okay. But I didn't know Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And so, um, there's a difference. And so, what happened is, Sunday morning, they bring, okay, all the confirmation class come up. This was uh, 1983. And... um, it was. And um, I've got it written in the front of that Bible. <laughs> and, uh, or 82, I can't remember. But, um, so we're, we're there, and they, um, they call us up, and then they, they do a little baptismal, and they just you know, sprinkle your head and stuff. You know, but according to the Bible, the word baptism, baptizo, is immersion. So that's why we believe in going under the water. Because we see that in, in, in Romans chapter 6 that we'll look at in just a moment. But the only thing I got out of it was, yeah, I got baptized. I got a little water on my head and it got in my, water got in my ears. And I had to get the Q-tip in there and get it out later. That's all it meant to me. But when you see that in certain nations, especially certain Muslim nations, certain nations, especially in, in Africa and, and other places, when someone gets baptized, it's one thing when they get born again. They understand, okay, they got born again, they gave their life to Jesus. But when those heathen lands see that people get baptized, the war is on. And there, there have been many of people that in a baptismal service, people went and drowned them. Why? Because they knew the power that... Once they are under the water, once that under that grave, that that hey that 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 old life is gone, and there's some power there. Now we know we get in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we get power. But when you when your conscience is clean, clean and cleansed, that's that's what the enemy's scared of, and so that's why these nations, you know, people people kill people over this kind of stuff. And in fact, some people know. That I mean, we we knew some different uh, ones um, that that he he knew that in his church 
you know, he would tell people, okay, if we do this, you may die. Now, how many people go to church like that? People say, hey, I'll just catch it on Zoom. You know, I'll just catch it online this week. You know, well, they don't have it online where they're at, maybe. But, but that's just, that's what they, they know that ahead of time, that they're giving their life for the Lord. And, and, you know, when you look at this word, you shall receive power to be a witness. You know what that word witness means? To be a martyr. Who's ready to sign up? To be a martyr, to give our life for the Lord. So, so baptism, baptism is an immersion. It's a, it's, a, it's a cutting away. And I want you to look over in Romans chapter 6. This is so powerful. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Say this, I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to sin. So how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? So you have to understand this. The Bible talks about there's three different baptisms. Baptism into the body of Christ. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit places us into the body. We're placed into the body of Christ. You know, you can't make yourself a new creation, but when you believe and confess Him as Lord, then He recreates your spirit, places you into the body of Christ. Then number two, we have water baptism, and then which is an immersion in water, and then the baptism in the Holy Spirit where Jesus is the baptizer into the Holy Spirit where he places us, uh, baptizes us in the Spirit. There's no other way really to explain that. And, uh, and then with that, the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But notice this, it's here. He says, as we were baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into his death. What does that mean? We identify with his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. And that is a type of water baptism right there. We are buried with him. So when, when you're baptized, you are buried with him in the water. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. What's he talking about? The glory of the Father, you'll see later, he's talking about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. What does God, what's the difference from Christianity and any other, what we would call religion? Life. Yes, amen. Life. That, that God gives us life. You know, people even ask, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we knew a man, and he even would say that. He would tell my wife and I and said, you're Jesus, your God answers prayer. It's like, why don't you serve the Lord, you know? Mm 
talked to him, and, you know, well, he had this big inheritance. He had this big inheritance, so he couldn't serve Jesus. Well, you know, 100 years from now, that inheritance is not going to help you. And so, notice he says, we are buried with him that like as Christ was raised up, we should walk in that same newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death. So, what are you seeing? As Jesus was planted in death, in the tomb, I was there with him. And so, I, I, I see myself in the water like that. That I, I plant that old man. I'm planting him today in, in, under the water. I'm planting him. All the thoughts, all the sin, all the rebellion, all the, the mistakes I made, all the things that hindered me, all the things I wish I'd have never done, all the things that, the regrets, all the, the things that I, I mean, who's had regrets? And you, and you just, but see, you have to put all that under the blood of Jesus. No regrets. Kind of like the one guy that he went to the tattoo artist and the, the artist was, was drunk. He came back and they looked at the, the tattoo and it said, no regrets. Well, there's no regrets. No regrets. Amen. I don't care what's happened in my life. I'm not going to cry over it. Why? Because something that happened 20 years ago, how can I? What can I even do about it? I can let the, the devil torment me or I can turn it around. You know, like they say, you can't unscramble eggs, but you can add tomatoes and onion and, and make it a nice omelet, you know. You can make something out of something that was bad into something good. So, I'm planted together just like Jesus was buried. I'm buried under that water. We also are going to be just like his resurrection as well. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. What does that mean? That means our old death nature, the, the spirit that was, was dead to sin. God has recreated us. So it's talking about that old man. It's not talking about this physical body. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, all things have become new. <clears throat> and so, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Sin has no dominion over me anymore. It has no control over me anymore. Does that mean that I can still sin? Of course it does. Why? Because I can decide to. Right. Who's ever dis decided I'm going to, you know what? I've been good today. I've been good this whole week. I've been good. Pastor, I've been good this whole month. And um, I, I just need one day. <laughs> just one day to myself. No. Say no. <laughs> you don't need one day to sin. No, that's right. You don't need one day to, well, you know, I've been real good and I, I've, I've kept my temper real good in check and but I just need one little outburst. No. <laughs> like the, like the, like you see the kids, they watch all these movies, and they'll do the slow motion. Don't do it. You know, don't do it. But notice 
this is good news. If we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. So what does the believer do? He, he dies unto sin. But then he lives, he lives unto God. So, you know, I've used that in my own life. I've said things would, would come into my mind. And you know what I'd say? I'm dead to that. You know, it can, be, it can be guilt. It can be shame. It can be a sin. It can be um, unworthiness. It can be anything, you know, like a lack of, um, you know, feeling good about yourself. No, I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm alive unto God, and God says I'm accepted in the beloved. God says I'm free from sin. Then I'm washed in the blood. I'm cleansed, sanctified, justified, washed. I mean, I've got... I mean, when the devil messes with me, I got a little thing, and I just, I shoot him up bad with the word. I just, <laughs> I live through it, walks with me, and I just go boom, 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 boom. And uh, amen. amen. You, you need certain scriptures in your life, yeah. in your arsenal, that you can put the devil on the run. Amen. And so notice what he says. He, he died unto sin once, but in that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, Reckon or count also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Now, now in Georgia, what do people say? You know, you say, hey, if you want to do this, I reckon so, right? <laughs> but well, every time I read that, I think, you know, hey, I reckon so. Well, you have to reckon yourself. What does that mean? I count myself to be dead indeed unto sin. Why do you have to count your body dead? Because it wants to be very much alive. The body of sin. What's the problem with, what does Romans 12 say? Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's the problem with the, with the living sacrifice? Well, it always wants to crawl off the altar. You know, if you put a, an animal that's already dead on the altar, it's going nowhere. But a living one, it wants to get up. Well, so that's why... When that old man tries to get up, you just have to put him back down. You have to put him back under. So he says, reckon and count yourself dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. So when things come at me, I say, no, I'm, I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to Jesus Christ. I'm alive to God. Look at verse 12. What's that first word? Let, let not. So what does that mean? You don't let. Sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. That's right. Well, I, you know, I just I couldn't help it. It was bigger than the, than the both of us. But no. <laughs> no. Don't let sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. Yeah. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. What's that talking about? That's talking about my body. He's talking about my ears are for the Lord. He's talking about my hands are for the Lord. Yeah. You know, my, my hands are not made to hit somebody, but to bless people. Right. You know, my eyes are not made to look at wrong things, but to behold Him yeah. and the Word of God. Yeah. My feet are not made to, to run and do mischief, but they're run to go preach the gospel. Yeah. And so that's what he's talking about. Make everything unto Him. 
Why, why is that? Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Say that. Sin, sin. shall not have dominion over me. And there might be times where you have to just say that over and over. No, sin does not have dominion over me. No, I'm not going to yield to that. I don't care if you fell 6,000 times. No, I am free. No, that man's under the water. He, he's not coming back. He's dead. For sin shall not have dominion over for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? See, here's, here's where people take that in a wrong way. People say, well, you know what? Grace covers it. But see, grace doesn't just cover sin. Grace is the divine enabling for you to not sin. You know, people say, well, you know what? I'm just going to sin and then I'll just 1 John 1, 9 it. But, you know... 1 John 1, 9 is not for habitual sin or, or you know what, I'm going to sin and then God will forgive me. I mean, who, who's ever felt like that? You know, Lord, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll do this. You know, someone rubs you the wrong way. Lord, I'll hit them and then for, you forgive me or something. You know, people think all kind of stuff like that, you know. But, but no, that's why you just, you know, you just have that. It's like I was talking to somebody yesterday about the, uh, you know, when, when purchasing firearms, a cooling off period. What does that mean? That means if somebody was in a rage of passion that they wanted to use that firearm, there's a three-week cooling off period that by the time you're able to get that firearm, you've cooled off and, and, and changed your mind that, you know what, I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> Who's glad, you know, sometimes you've been tempted to do something and you just, you just bite your lip and then you let it, you, yourself cool off and then you realize, oh my gosh, that would have been terrible. So that's controlling the flesh. <laughs> so, so grace is God's enabling for us to resist sin. So that's what he says. Shall we sin because we're, we're under grace? No. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey? His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So if you yield yourself to sin, you're be going to become a servant of sin. If you yield yourself to God, you're a servant of Him. Verse 17, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servant of righteousness. So that's who we are now. We are servants of righteousness. We don't serve sin. We don't serve the devil. We don't serve the flesh. If, if people miss it, then 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. And so what does that mean? That I can lift my head back up. I can pray. I can minister. I can, I can walk in fellowship with the Lord as though I never made a mistake. And if you stay in condemnation, then you're displeasing the Lord again. <laughs> I mean, I know what that's like. You, you, you make a mistake and you repent. And God's not so concerned about that because he forgot it. Yeah. But then you're going wallowing, wallowing around in self-pity 
and, and feeling sorry for yourself, that's displeasing to the Lord. You know, you're, you're mad at yourself because you missed it. Well, you should be, you know, you should have something that, that bothers you about it. But once you confess it and you say, God, I'm sorry I did this and I repent and I ask you to forgive me. And there's, there's a, you know, there's a, the word repentance means the same thing. It's like a stripping away. Why? Because it's like something that's got a hold of you. You just have to, a ripping away. And, um, but you confess it and you say, God, forgive me, cleanse me. And Lord, you know, people say, I'll never do it again, you know. <laughs> but you have to make that decision that, Lord, I purpose, I will never do that again. And I, I'm clean, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. Lord, I'll never, I'll never hit somebody again like, you know, with my fist, whatever it is. And then receive your cleansing. And then you stand up as though you never made a mistake. See, that's when the accuser of the brethren comes in, the devil, and he says, do you remember such and such? And you say, no, I, I don't even remember that. You know, I plead innocent by the blood. Amen. And so that's why you had to remember that, that man that was baptized, you, you put that old man under. So if there's things that, that need to be put under today, even if you're not getting baptized, you can just put that under by an act of faith. Hallelujah. And then look at Colossians 2. Colossians chapter 2. And verse 10. And you are complete in him. Which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. I mean, just like, <laughs> just like circumcision, there's a cutting away. The same thing, he's talking about circumcision of the heart. There's something that's, that's cut away. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him, in baptism. So that's who I identify. I identify that I'm buried in Christ. Yes. Wherein I am also risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Hath he quickened. Another word for that is made alive. Together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Amen. Sometimes you have to just remind the devil. He forgave me all my trespasses. <laughs> Why? Because of the faith of the operation of God. Blotting out. I love this. This is shouting ground right here. Blotting out the, trans, or the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Which was contrary to us. And took it out of the way. Nailing it to his cross. What is he talking about? He's talking about the law. The Bible says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. From the curse, Jesus set us free. So he took that, that law out of the way and nailed it to his cross. You remember he said, it is finished. Yeah. What was he talking about? He wasn't talking about redemption because he had not gone, 
and presented his blood. He had not died yet. When he said it is finished, what is he talking about? The old covenant. It is finished. But look at this. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In what? His death, burial, and resurrection. In the cross. So, verse 12, we're buried with him in baptism where we are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who's raised him from the dead. So what is the Lord telling us? We have to forget the past, just like we preached last week from Philippians chapter 3, that we forget those things that are behind. And we reach, we press towards the mark. How many know pressing is not easy? I mean, it's like the guy goes in the gym and says, you know what? All right, go over here and do this bench press. Well, I'll just watch today. You know, I'll just watch and you do the effort. And there is effort involved. You know, you can't, get the, your, you can't get your muscles to build up, tear down, and to grow unless you put yourself under that resistance. Yeah. Same thing with uh, prayer, the same thing with the things of God. Yeah. You have to press. Yeah. You have to press. And sometimes you, you feel like you might be pressing against a wall. What do you do? You just, it's just like the guys in the army. And, and, and the guys are just marching, and then they never tell them to stop. And they're right up against the wall. What do they do? They just keep marking time right there. Yeah. Same thing with the things of God. And so we, we had to forget the past. And like I said, even if you're not being baptized today, let the Lord just wash over you. Yeah. Let the Lord do a, work, a fresh work in your heart. Amen. Forgetting those things that are behind. And so, just like the people that came to, to John, John the Baptist and said, you know, John the Baptist said, you know, I'm a Baptist, but there's the coming of Pentecostal after me. And um, <laughs> you'll get that in a little bit. But he said, the people said, what shall we do? And then, so what, what do we do? Well, number one, be born again. Yeah. Then be baptized and then also, I mean, I know, and also be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Place into the body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your plan of redemption. With every head bowed and every eye closed, right before we go today, you know, we've been talking about baptism, but it all starts with being baptized into the body of Christ. It starts with being baptized into the, the, the family of God. So if you're in this place and you say, Pastor, you've been talking about being baptized, but I'm not even born again. But today, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to make sure that, that I'm going to heaven. I want to make sure that I'm going to hear good, well done, 
good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I want to know that I'm going to make it to be with Jesus. Or secondly, if you're in this place and you say, I once knew the Lord, but I walked away from him into sin and wrongdoing and, and just lost my way. But I want to come back to him. Just like the prodigal son of old, where he came back to the father's house. And what we see that the father restored him, put the ring back on his finger, put the shoes back on him. Today, the Lord can restore. Today, the Lord can, can bring people back. Today, the Lord can make it even better than what it was before. So if you're in one of those two categories that you've never made a commitment to Jesus, but you want to today, or secondly, that, that you want to come back. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Thank you, Lord. If you raise your hand, then just, I want you to just stand to your feet. Hallelujah. And just come up. We want to lead you in a prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included in this prayer, then just come on up. Amen. Like that man that I said, run and dove into the pool. You can run and come to the altar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You know, the Bible says that, that he rejoices. There's more rejoicing over one sinner that repents than of 99 that need no repentance. So this is what it's all about. Hallelujah. And I want you to, as we pray, I want you to join with us in prayer and pray this with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Say this, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Father, I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, that he died for me, but he was risen for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Fill me with your spirit. Let me never be the same. Lord, I turn my back on the world. And I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're coming back again for me. In Jesus' name.